Welcome to the Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ethan Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinden. We are both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses. And our goal is to share our experiences and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Strap in. Tyler, what's going on? Again, another set for you. Good to see. Yeah, this one took me a little bit of time to actually set up and I got a couple lights here. So the other one, it was just turned the light on. Um, Yeah, I do got a new set here, but what's going on with you, my man? Not too much. Just out here. It's uh, snowing again in here in North Dakota. So I don't know if that's ever going to end. But other than that, things are good. Things are good. Yeah, I saw the blizzard over there. It's pretty crazy. Kind of missed the snow a little bit, but I don't really miss the negative 30 degree weather. Yeah, really got me thinking, man. Why do I live in this goddamn state? But <laughs> I've been telling you that, man. You got to move. Yeah. I w- hey, it's coming. It's coming. Don't you worry. All right. What's new with you? Anything to update us on from last week? I mean, I th- we're kind of this weird. We keep filming a little bit later than usual. I guess it's only a day later, but is there anything new with you that you can share? Yeah, this past week was kind of shitty for me, but it's starting to turn around a little bit in one aspect. So we had quite a few returns on our products. It was the first time we really had any returns and we had, I think, two or three back to back and, you know, that kind of sucks. And then last week I was talking a little bit about the fraudulent order that we had and it ended up being a fraudulent order. And one tip that I would give is if you are on Shopify and you are doing, and you do get a fraudulent order, there is a time span between when you get that order and it's fraudulent and you have to make a decision whether to cancel it or not. And you need to make it in a certain amount of time because by the time it gets to the bank and the original card holder, I'm assuming, reaches out to them, say, hey, this isn't us. Can you cancel this order? That comes back to us. Then we have to pay a chargeback fee. And then we also have to refund the money that they originally paid for all the products, which was fine because we didn't ship it out. But there's that additional chargeback fee that we had to do. And another thing that was kind of shitty that happened that I told you about was I lost some of my footage (laughs) for a whole month's worth of footage. But the good news about that, that we kind of turned it around was that I I did pay for the premium platform thing that I told you about and we recovered all the footage which is good and it was it was about 100 gigabytes of footage so would have sucked to lose all that footage and on the fraudulent order we put in a claim to hopefully not have to pay the chargeback fee but we'll see what happens there I'm like this is our first order please yeah. don't charge us or first fraudulent order please don't charge us but yeah, that's pretty shitty stuff that's been going on. Kind of turning around, and especially this morning, uh, I was working on one of our things that we're working on for our launch and for Nuevo. And it, <laughs> this is like the easy part of it, and it was taking me a long time, and I'm just thinking, man, this is going to take forever doing actually the build-out of it. So we were working on that, getting that built out. So turning the week around, a few bad things happen. You know what? You just got to deal with those punches that you always say when your back is up against the wall against the wall, and you get hit in the face. What are you going to do? So that's pretty much what, what's going on with me. Yeah. I mean, it's only the middle of the week. So you got the rest of the week to turn this, turn this ship around. I know some ships take, you know, pretty big ships. It's hard to turn them around, but Hey, I think we're both still in those little small boats. So you can, you can rip that sucker around. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. sucks about the fraudulent order for sure, but at least you kind of knew the writing was on the wall. Um, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta battle through those things. Those are things I think you don't learn until you actually go through them and they actually happen to you. 
Yeah, I think that's the best part about entrepreneurship and basically life in general is just learning through your mistakes, learning through your experiences. And that was one of the big reasons I wanted to move away is to learn, get out on my own and experience the world. And that that to me, that's the best way to possibly learn is from those failures because now we know what happens with fraudulent orders. Now we know we got the time span. We installed a third-party app and it's only, the th- it's only midway through the week, but we don't let a few bad things ruin the week. It's, it's just a few things that happen and... We're just going to deal with it, and then we move on from there. Hey, a positive you had, though. A positive, before I go to me, a positive you had. You did book your tickets to Arte, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I, <laughs> yeah, I did do that. Spent a lot of money on the ticket. Spent a lot of money on the flight. Spent a lot of money on the hotel. But you know what? I think we're going to get a lot of value out of it. Going to meet a lot, of, a lot of good people. That reminds me, I got to text someone that I met the other day that gave me their business card. <laughs> but I met him through Arte. We had a little meetup. Oh, I don't think I talked about that. Yeah, I had a meetup this weekend. How was uh, that? For our day. There's your yeah, positive. Good. We talk, yeah, we talked a lot about businesses and we all kind of went on the hot seat and just said one win, one struggle that we're dealing with. They helped me out with my struggle and I think it was really good. And that that's how I got the the one business card. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to meet up with her. I, I've been pushing the text off to call her for a while. Um, I don't know. Do you have any tips on reaching out to people when you get their business card and they say call you or let's meet up sometime? Do you have any unique ways of reaching out? Uh, not generally. I don't get a ton of people's business cards usually. Um, I guess you'd have to reverse engineer to what the goal is. Do you know what he or she wants to meet about? She just said that she can help me out and it would be good to meet up. She said she... She might need a videographer for her business, but at the same time, she was more so saying, if you ever want help or guidance, she was a little bit older, so she has some more experience under her. So it was more so just, I guess, in a sense, helping me out and mentoring me, I guess you could say a little bit. Yeah, I would almost take initiative if you do feel like texting her or reaching out to her, figure out what you want out of it. And then, you know, whether that's you want to meet and then kind of pick her brain about things and she's going to be your mentor, I'd do that. Um, if you don't really want anything out of it, I would just leave it. I would not reach out at all because um, she's probably, I don't know if she's forgot about it, but techni- typically those things pass pretty quick. Yeah, I don't know. What's going on with you, my man? Uh, hired an editor. I think I told you that. His mm-hmm. name is Malik. He is, mm-hmm. lives in India. So he's going to be a <laughs> short form video editor. Um, did that last week while I was in Fargo. I realized that all of these social clips I'm editing for clients kind of a time suck and yeah they look decent but it takes up so much of my time so he's giving a pretty good rate to edit each of the videos and I figured I'd just do that um you know I I lose a little bit of money obviously from the clients but it saves me so much time to work on those high leverage activities that we've talked about previously so that's kind of exciting I know we've been talking about hiring someone for god knows how long and we've officially hit we've hit person number one Big moves, big moves. That's what I like to hear. It's slow and steady, one one step in the right direction, I think. Yeah, and I think it kind of tumbled into, now I need to find a full-time editor that wants to edit <laughs> actual real projects and not just short-form clips because yeah, the feeling of getting the uh, all of that off of my plate is pretty mm-hmm. rewarding. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I've just been thinking because you came up with your fifty tweets, and I go on Twitter every now and then, and I've been slacking off a little bit. But I was going to ask you what's been happening there because I haven't been seeing any tweets. Oh, they're all in the drafts. I just haven't been on social media like at all. And the one thing, so I was in. Obviously, I'm in the VBA, and today we had a call. It's the VAE, which is the video agency expert. And we were talking about that, like personal branding and stuff. And he was going off about he hasn't posted on his video production page, like the actual business page since like October of 2018. And he does everything through his Hmm. personal brand because he says people don't buy from companies. They buy from businesses. That's why Elon Musk has more followers than SpaceX, SpaceX and Tesla and all of his companies combined. Jeff Bezos has more followers than Amazon. Mark Zuckerberg has more followers than Facebook. So he pretty much says, yeah, you can post those behind the scenes and those finished videos or whatever on your business page, but I'd focus all of your content on the personal brand side. So then I got to thinking, yeah, I should probably get back into that because I haven't tweeted a bunch, but yeah, they're just, they're just chilling in the drafts right now, ready to, ready for me to click and hit send. It, it makes sense, but I think at the same time, you're attaching yourself to the brand. So people are only buying from you. So say you ever want to sell it. This is one thing that Alex always talks about with whenever he acquires a company. If you're attached to the brand or the company, if people only buy from you because you're, you're the face. So that's one thing that I think you could do is because I've told this with Eddie with his account because he posts mainly just on his account as opposed to his actual business account. And I think you can still put your face on been a creative media and then it's still showing that's your face that's your brand because obviously people are following elon musk because it's elon musk and he does funny stuff and like who really cares about spacex you know yeah like why 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 do i benefit from following spacex like i don't really care about that shit but i elon musk is funny yeah and that's not he wasn't saying to remove yourself completely of it but all of the content that you would be posting on your business page whether it's hey here's a short little mini documentary on how we shot this project for xyz company just post that on your personal page and then the business page they're obviously tied together but what i'm posting maybe on my personal linkedin page is a bennett creative media mini documentary saying you know this is how we shot this and this is why we decided to do these shots so then you become that person that they like, know, and trust, and then Bennett create. It's harder to get people to like, know, and trust a company than it is to like, know, and trust a person. Would you say that company that we are not allowed to talk about came in through your business or personal account? Do you know? I th- I think they just did a Google search and went in through the website. Or no, it was Instagram, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure you told me Instagram. Yeah, so they filled out a form through the website, but then how I have a lead thing on there that says, how did you find us? And it said Instagram. So I'm not sure which one they found. Um, But my guess is that they searched, you know, North Dakota Video Production Company would be my guess. And it popped up, but I'm not entirely sure. Mm, That would be interesting to. Yeah. I'll have to ask him at the end of the project because we pretty much wrapped up all the editing today for that. Uh, So I'll ask him, hey, how did you guys ever end up uh, finding us? So turn out well. Yeah, turned out well. I mean, we kind of kind of turned chicken shit into chicken salad. We uh, tried to put a video <laughs> together with limited B-roll. Uh, we just had the interviews, so then we had to piece piecemeal things together. But I think it turned out uh, pretty well from a video they didn't think they needed. And then after we shot the project, they pretty much said, hey, do you want to edit something together for us? Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, then is putting lipstick on a pig after that. 
Right on. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Other than that, I got my van back. That was exciting. <laughs> Finally. Big news. I think Big I had, news. I don't think I talked about that last week. No, because last week we filmed Wednesday. Got it back last Thursday. Ripped through the snowstorm. That was good. And then uh, other than that, been doing some higher end tracking. So tracking pretty much all the sales numbers that I'm doing every day. All the video pitches I'm sending out, the Trojan horse messages, the follow-ups, the discovery calls, strategy calls, agreement calls, projects won, projects lost. So pretty much at the end of every single day, I have a 15-minute time block on my calendar that says do your daily controlling work. It's labeled, which I don't know why it's labeled that, but that's what they say to do in the course. And I do that every single day. And it's pretty much just like daily tracking, which has gave me a better look into what's actually happening instead of just flying in blind. Do you want to give some examples of that or... Like going, I, I don't really know, understand of like what you're doing or how it works or what high end tracking is. Do you want to? Yeah, it's, it's basically just a spreadsheet on Google Sheets and there's columns for every single day. So it's from January 1st to December 31st. And every single day you just go in there and mark and you can, depending on what industry you're in or what you're trying to track. But I'm, there's two different forms I'm filling out. One is the sales tracking sheet. So that's me reaching out to potential leads and nurturing those leads. So if I'm sending out cold video pitches to, let's say I send one to Nuevo, I would say, okay, I sent out three of those today to three different businesses. Okay. And then I sent out 15 new messages on LinkedIn, Trojan horse messages. Okay. And then I had three discovery calls today with new businesses talking about what their goals are. And then I had strategy meetings. So let's mark those down. I have two strategy meetings today, actually pitching video ideas, how many agreement calls. So that's pretty much how many contracts did you go over and get people to sign new projects? One, that's pretty much just a dollar amount. Let's say it's $6,000 projects lost. Maybe a lead decided they didn't want to work with us anymore, whatever that might be, you put that on there. And then at the very end, it says, it's just a checkbox that says, did you accomplish your goals for the day? Yes or no. If you say no, the whole column turns red. If you say yes, the whole column turns green. So that's that tracking. And then the other sheet is pretty much just day in and day out uh, revenue. So it goes by quarters. There's January, February, March, and that's in one sheet. And there's three columns, which is cash collected, cash to be collected, and then expenses. And then it's got some formulas on there to generate the numbers. So if I send out an invoice for $2,000, I put that in the to be collected. Once that comes in, I move it to the collected and then just write down all the expenses I have. So at the end of the day, I track all of that. How much money did you spend in the business today? How much money did you collect in the business today? And then at the end of the month, you can kind of look. And I've started to notice like, damn, okay, I'm spending more money than I thought I did. Or, you know, a lot of my money is going towards this when I didn't really realize it. And it gives you a better look into things instead of just flying by the seat of your pants every single day and wondering, you know, why is, why are my finances a mess or whatever it might be? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I started to do it because sometimes I forget. I'm like, oh, how many discovery calls did I have today? So after Mm -hmm. I do one of these items, I'll just, I have the sheet open at all times and I go in there and I just change the number. So it's super quick, takes 10 seconds after one of these things happens, but that's been helping me instead of doing it at the end of the day and then going back through emails and going back through LinkedIn messages and figuring out the exact number. I just kind of do it as I go. How you just start doing this? Yeah, this is about day 15, I think. So I pretty much started at the beginning of March. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a headache a little bit here and there because I'm like, oh shit, I have, I forgot to do that and I have to go back and do it. But really, if you're going to be serious about actually growing the business, I think, 
I don't think you have uh-huh. to do it at this scale, but I think you have to definitely start doing it at this so you can put into motion that accountability and that discipline mm-hmm. to actually track things. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. It's a lot of habits and like consistently doing that. So oh, I yeah. think building that up over a long time, I think that'll be good for you. And especially seeing how how much work that you're actually doing. I think we talk about this quite a bit in past episodes where it's just seeing those micro actions being built up over time. Yeah. The more you put in, the more you get out, right? I'll have to send you a screenshot. I'll send you a screenshot of what the, uh, the templates actually look like and you take a peek at it. All right. Anything else you want to touch on before we get into this week's topic? No, I think we're about ready to hop in. Loki forgot we were recording a podcast there for a second. I was like, oh shit, there's <laughs> lights and cameras and mics in front of me. Uh, all right. So this week we're going to be talking about overcoming fears when starting a business, how to do that, some strategies we've implemented, some fears that we've went through. And we really just want to dive into the whole topic of fears around business because we know that it's kind of common. Obviously, I think if you go into business, that fears are a thing. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm and, struggling with this currently myself. Yeah. And it's super important to get over those. And that's what we're going to get into down the road. But before we do that, we want to discuss a little bit about the different kind of fears that there are. So maybe we'll just pinball back and forth, Tyler, and we can do a little blurb on it. I think the biggest one is the fear of failure when starting a business or just in the beginning stages of business. The bit, that was the biggest one for me when I started, I guess. Uh, I don't know, because I went in with blind confidence, not thinking I was going to fail, but it's always in the back of your mind. Like, shit, what if this doesn't work? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what... The, I, I think, yeah, it would be interesting to see what the most common one is, but I feel like another common one would be financial security or yeah. just being able to have the the funds to be able to come up with it. Maybe it's excuses at the same time, but I feel like financial is up there as well. I think they're almost hand in hand. So if you're not financially where you need to be, it almost feels like failure. If I was only making $1,000 a month in video, I would feel like I'm failing because I can't financially support myself, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. There's also the fear of rejection, whether it's in (laughs) business or in dating or in real life or whatever (laughs) it is. Um, That's one thing I've had to come over or get over with now that I'm going through this sales uh, program. It's not a sales program, but a lot of sales in there is that the rejection doesn't really, you shouldn't take it personal. You shouldn't take it to heart because it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And reaching out, talking to these businesses or potential clients and customers, you have to just throw your foot in the ring or put your foot. I don't even know what the saying is, but you have to, you have to, you know, do the hokey pokey, put your hand in the middle of the circle and do spin it all about. You have to go in there and actually try to get things done because if you're not, things aren't going to happen. You can't rely in business on just letting things come to you. And that's one thing I've learned over well, probably since 2023 started. Yeah, I'm bouncing around all over this list, so I don't. I, I might confuse you. No, you're good. The next one, I think. I, the next one, I think, ties into the fear of failure, but it's the fear of judgment or being judged. Because I think w- when you do have this fear, it's a fear of that you're gonna fail, and you're fear, fearing that people are gonna judge you. They're gonna see, hey, he started this and he failed, or it's a fear of this doesn't really tie into the fear of failure, but it's fear of starting. And then someone's like, oh, wow, you're starting that or why are you doing that? And just judgment and just your peers, your friends, your family. And 
I think for me, it feels a little bit weird just like saying that I'm going to start it, but I don't know. It's weird because like whenever I see someone starting shit, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Like, I love seeing seeing you do that. And I I feel like there's not enough of that. And that's where that thought comes in of judgment where I think there's a lot more people that are actually maybe cheering you on. They just don't say anything. Yeah, that was the thing in the beginning that I found too with the fear of judgment is people whether it was my business when I was starting is people were telling me, Oh, it's not going to work. It's too hard to do this. Where those people you kind of look at and you're like, why is that the reaction I'm getting for telling you, Hey, I'm going to start this thing. You should be, you should have people in your corner that are almost your cheerleaders. And then it's it's weird. It's weird. Whenever you get, whenever you say you're going to start a business and then someone just comes up with all the excuses why it's not going to work. It's yeah. like, okay, why don't you come up with all the excuses why it's going to work? Yeah, it's so weird. And it's definitely a mindset thing. It's mm-hmm. like, we're not, neither of us is where we want to be in our business careers, but we're way further than anybody that's sitting at the back saying, oh, it's not going to work. It's not going to work because this, that, the other thing. It's like, yeah, it might not work here and there, but eventually things are going to start to click a little bit. So that fear of judgment has always been a weird it's been a weird topic for me, especially when you go into the content side of things. I know when I started posting more and more mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. social media, I would always think, oh, gosh, what if so-and-so sees it? Or what are they going to think if I'm filming this YouTube video in my bedroom? And then eventually you just stop giving a shit and you think, who cares what people think? Because I'm the more I'm doing, the more I'm getting ahead of other people that are sitting there doing nothing. And if you keep that in the back of your mind, I think it helps a ton. So on the topic of that, how did you get over the fear of giving a shit about other people? Is it just consistently posting shit out there or how did you get? Yeah, I think it stemmed from just keep posting stuff and eventually you kind of get used to people talking shit. And then you get to a certain point where people just stop talking shit. Like you stop hearing all that noise, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. because it becomes normal. It's like, oh, Easton just does that. That's what his thing is. He does it. No one really cares that. And Mm -hmm. then watching other content, Gary V specifically, when I started my business career in high school, I watched a lot of Gary V and he would talk about not caring what other people think and just doing it for you. So really it's a mindset thing. Whoever you hear it from, whether it's Gary V or another, uh, you know, social media personnel, just changing your mindset into thinking, this is what I have to do. It's not a bad thing. Look at it as a positive. I think one thing that helps, helps you with posting and not giving a shit is that you're becoming more successful. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's where you have to have that in your mind. I think down the road, you think, well, in three, four years, cause I always told myself that I would post things and then I would tell myself, okay, well in three, four years, five years, maybe 10 years down the road when I'm super successful in this business, we got this big office and there's five employees, 10 employees. People aren't going to think back when I was posting these stupid videos. So yeah. really it's just looking ahead and it's like, yeah, I might suck for now. People might be saying things now, but really it's getting me to that next step. Yeah. I like it. Fear of not being accepted. So kind of like imposter syndrome that kind of goes along with the same thing in those beginning stages when you're starting a business or when you're posting content or whatever it is that you're doing, you might feel like you have some imposter syndrome where, you know, maybe you are filming in your bedroom and your bed's in the background. It's like, that doesn't look very professional. Whereas these other people are in these big offices posting stuff and that goes hand in hand. You kind of just have to get over it. Everyone starts where they start and eventually you're going to move into, you know, something bigger and better. Yeah. (laughs) I like how you said we all start where we start and it's 
cool hearing someone like Ed Milet talking and he talks about how he was starting out. And I think someone asked him a question about not wanting to post or something about them being in an apartment and being made fun of or something like that. And he's like, why do you care? Because I started in an apartment and then it's like, look at him now. He owns a freaking island and he owns this other massive house. It's like, we all start somewhere. Yeah, You just got to start there and then build up from there. And everyone's seen the picture of Jeff Bezos when he's in that rinky dinky office with a piece of paper on the wall. That's like Amazon. It's written in crayon. It's like everyone mm-hmm. starts somewhere. And now Amazon, obviously the biggest company in the world, but it's kind of cool to look back and see where you started too. It's almost a self gratification. Like I got through this. So yeah, I mean, if we're going to throw one piece of advice at you before we continue with the rest of the episode, it's get started wherever you're at. Really don't use that as an excuse, whether it's location or lack of resources or lack of knowledge. Don't use that as an excuse to get started. Yeah. And then moving on to the other, it's funny going through this list and the amount of fears that I personally put on and I'm like starting to put them at Sam and I'm like, man, I should have put this one on the list because that's probably one that I am dealing with currently, but the fear of unknown because I, I, I feel like I'm currently dealing with this because I'd like to start a business or kind of side project, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, I don't know how I'm going to get my first client. I don't know how I'm going to do what I'm going to do. It's like, so it's like a lot of that unknown that I'm dealing with currently. So, yeah. And I think to shorten that learning curve to maybe give you a piece of advice is you have to be willing, which I know you are, you have to be willing to I don't know if you have to change your lifestyle, but be willing to adapt your lifestyle to the new venture you're taking on. So you hear a lot of people say, oh, you have to grind and you have to eat ramen noodles and you only have to spend $500 a month. But, you know, if you not saying you are, but if you have this golf membership and you are really comfortable with this golf membership and you have a full time job and then you quit and you go into your own venture. Yeah, you might not be able to have a golf membership for a couple of years or you might not be able to buy that brand new car you've been looking at. And that's okay because eventually down the road, you can, you can get that golf membership and you can get that new car. <laughs> I want to, I want to do the route of eating ramen noodles and struggling. I, it, it just seems so, so cool to me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's good to have for the story. I love ramen noodles yeah, exactly. personally. I still eat them and I don't even have to. <laughs> I literally have four in my cabinet right now. I, yeah, I'm not going to hate on him. Tell you that. Uh, anything else on this fear list that we want to go over, Tyler? I mean, those are kind of the main fears. Uh, fear of not. No, not really. Uh, fear of not being good enough. So that's, it sounds sappy. It sounds like a, like a poor love story, but fear of not being good enough as far as anything goes, even in business, like fear that my videos aren't going to be good enough for this business. The only way to get through that is to face it head on and you have to just level up yourself, whether that's your mindset or how you personally are or your business, whether that's making sure making your products better, making your services better and just growing through experiencing whatever you're doing. So really that one, you kind of just have to face head on. Would you agree? Yeah. Talking, talking this out, it makes me think of one that we did already talk about the imposter syndrome one, but yeah, I think just going through, getting over it, it just putting yourself out there. You're going to learn, you're going to grow and 
just continue continue learning and growing. I would uh, I would one hundred percent agree with you, Tyler. You just got to face it, freaking head on, punch that punch that goddamn fear in the mouth. Uh, let's getting into our next little pivot point we want to talk about. And that's that you have to recognize and acknowledge these fears. And honestly, like what me and Tyler are doing right now is we're verbalizing them. We're saying them out loud. A lot of times you don't recognize you have that fear. It might be lingering in the back of your mind until you actually verbalize them, write them down, tell somebody else, whatever that is. So I think it's super important that you have to recognize these fears so then you can overcome them. Yeah, I was going to ask a question on this, but I don't know how to phrase it. But it's just basically, why do you think you have to verbalize it or acknowledge it? I just think it gets it out there into the world. I don't know if I'm a huge person on like manifesting things. Like I think it Mm -hmm. happens. Like I don't I don't wake up in the morning and write like my five gratitude, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. But I think if you make things known and aware then that at least they're out there for you to now think about or talk about, or at least they're, they've surfaced for you to say, okay, that's something I have to deal with. But if you don't talk about your fears or anything like that, and you just keep thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm so scared of, I'm so scared that this business is going to fail. It's going to fail. It's going to fail. And you keep telling yourself that without actually like sitting down, not that you have to meditate, but sitting down thinking, okay, I'm scared of failure. Why? Why am I scared of it? Well, you think you're not going to be financially successful. Okay. Well, what does that even mean? What does financially successful mean? Do I have to make $4,000 a month? Do I have to make $5,000 a month? Do I have to make $20,000 a month? So I think once you start actually thinking internally, whether you're saying them out loud or writing them down, it at least makes you face them and look at them from an objective standpoint rather than just letting them take over your life. Yeah. I like that. And when you were saying that, it made me think of or maybe before you were you were talking but it just made me think of if you're acknowledging it and recognizing it it just makes you think that you're constantly focusing on it and then you're just like oh i'm not good enough oh i've got fear of this i got a fear of that i got and then you're just constantly bringing it to the front of the front of your mind and then you don't want to take any action just because it's always there you're always verbalizing it you're always saying you're maybe it's like i i'm not good enough i'm not good enough i'm not good enough and you're just constantly verbalizing it so that's what i was thinking about yeah and i think if you almost look at it as like enemy versus friend or ally. Okay. If you keep telling yourself that I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. It becomes your enemy. It's almost something you're battling against. But if you pull it into your corner and you say, Hey, right now, I don't think I'm good enough. How can I get over that? Well, why aren't Mm -hmm. you good enough? Well, I wish I was skinnier. I wish I had more clients. Okay. Then start to implement actions to get those things. So then it's not your enemy anymore. And you can almost use that as fuel to drive your actions to move you forward. Yeah, I like I like you saying that where you're acknowledging what your fear is and how you can overcome it. And then those action steps that you can take. I like that. In the action steps, I've always went back to action steps for me always get so crazy where it's like, I got to do all of these different things. You know, if you look at things from the macro, it's like I need to be doing the sales and I need to do the branding and the client work and all of this. But I think if you boil it down to just, hey, what can I do in the next 24 hours? What can I do in the next 48 hours to get me to where I need to be? It's so much easier to digest and looking at it from the macro thinking, oh, I have three years to make $500,000. Otherwise, my life's over. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's it's taking those small baby steps, one step at a time, micro tasks, and just keep moving in that direction to overcome that fear. Yeah, but it starts with talking about those fears in the beginning, you know? 
If I'm finan- if I feel like I'm going to be financially insecure, all right, how am I going to do that? Well, I know I need to get more paying clients. Well, what does that stem from? Probably reaching out to more people to do videos. So really that's kind of the funnel of getting into the actions. Tyler, I think we should talk about some of our own personal feels, 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 get in, let's get into our feels. No, I think we yeah, should talk about yeah, uh, some of our own personal fears. And we've talked about a little bit of them uh, from the start of this episode, but I'll lead it off here. I think the thing in the beginning, the fear of failure, the way I overcame that was if my back's against the wall, I'm going to have to figure it out. There's really no other option. So if I started this video production company and I wasn't making any money and, you know, I had to pay bills, whatever it was, I had to eat. You're not going to just let yourself just fail. I mean, some people out there might, but I knew I was the person where it's like, I'm going to figure it out. Like if I've ran out Mm -hmm. of all the money in my bank account, I've ran out of all the space in my credit card, I'm probably going to figure out a solution. My life's not just going to end. So I knew at the end of the day, if my back was against the wall, I would figure out a way out of the situation. And that's happened multiple times, five years into business. I've figured out a way. Even this past, you know, four or five months ago in September, October, November, things slowed down a little bit. And I was like, gosh, how do I get out of this? And now January, February, March have been the busiest months that I've ever had in business. So really it's just battling through those and getting to the point when, you know, if your back is against the wall, you got to get out of it. Do you have any actionable advice on what you did or how you became the most busy you've ever been? Well, that's two different questions. How I came out of it is just one day at a time doing the things you can to get you to, uh, to get you to where you need to be. And then the other thing, as far as how I've been as busy as I could is because of probably the new sales tactics I've implemented. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's probably the answer for the two different questions. Cool. I I like the, (laughs) I like the, how you you got out of it just one day at a time. Yeah. That's all you can do. Really. You can't just go in there thinking, Oh, my business is falling apart. It's like, okay, well, what can you do today? Because you can't solve a problem three months down the road today. Yeah. So figure can't out. go back in time. Can't go back in time. Just learn from it and one day at a time. Got to live in the moment. That's what it's all about, honestly. There you go. What about you, Tyler? What do you got? So it's interesting. When we started Nuevo, I don't think I had any thought that we were going to fail. So that's why it was so easy to start it. And I, I had this thought, especially with this podcast, I never had the thought of we're going to fail. And we just kind of went into it. I, it so it, it just, that, that just not have, I don't know why I didn't have that mindset because I feel like with this current business that I do want to start on my own, I do have that mindset. And I think what it is, is the financial aspect of it because I didn't go into Nuevo thinking I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to be able to be a millionaire because of Nuevo. And same thing with this podcast. I wasn't thinking we're going to start this podcast. I'm. It's going to replace my income. I still have my income coming in. So these were more of side projects and it didn't really matter if it failed or if it made money or not made money because I still had my income coming in. Whereas with this business that I do currently want to start. Do you want to give the people a a teaser as to what it is or do you want to keep that hidden for now? Shit, man. I don't even know what it is. That's that's the (laughs) issue. (laughs) That, That was one of the reasons that I wanted to talk with this girl because she thought she could help me out with it. But it's just, I, I have all these skills and knowledge and it's like, I don't know which one I should do. Like, should I do all of them? Probably not. Should I do 
this one? Should I do that one? Should I do this one? Because it's like, I have skills with like photography, videography, Google ads, Facebook ads, Pinterest ads, TikTok ads, inbound marketing, email. It's like, which one do I do? Which one do I choose? Can I do websites? So that's one area that I struggle with. And it's like, I think I should just choose one. And that's what they said at the Arte meetup is just choose one and be the best at that. And then you can branch out from there. So that's one of the pieces of advice that they gave me. But the thing about the failure and the financial aspect of it, if I go into this, I'm, I want to be replacing my current income with it. So it's like, that's the financial security coming in where I don't, I don't have that income coming in. How am I going to get my first client? So it's a lot of fear of the unknown, like I said, in when we were talking about it. So a lot of that aspect is coming into play because it's going to be replacing my current income. Whereas these other projects that we started and Riley and I, it wasn't going to be replacing my income. It was more of a side project or passion project, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I think what you heard at the RT meeting of just picking one is super important. And I think how you should go about that is not that you have to write them down, but think about like, if you have a list of five, six things, which one would you say that you like to do the most? Do you even know? Yeah. They asked me that too. And I think I said videography or photography, but I think they stumbled upon doing Facebook ads. I kind of like that, that aspect of it as well, or Facebook or Google ads because I like the Google or the analytic aspect of it and just seeing the numbers and all that stuff. I just feel like I'm really analytically driven. Yeah. And I think I like that aspect of it, but I also like videography and being creative and coming up with these videos because going with Eddie and filming all that shit, that was pretty fun and just doing that. And like, it doesn't even feel like work to me. So I think, yeah, that's, I don't know. I like those two aspects. I think that's the main thing is if that it doesn't feel like work to you. And I think that the nice thing about those two different avenues with videography and the analytical side of things, whether it's Google ads or Facebook ads or Pinterest, whatever you're on, those are, those can be paired super well. But if you were doing videography and websites, those don't pair super well. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, they do, they're in the same realm, but with the Facebook and with the Facebook ads and the videography, you can sell that as a package where it's like, Hey, we create a video for you and then use our analytic ads to drive results. Whereas website, you, you, you know, what do you sell first? Do you sell the website and then say, we'll make videos for the website. Do you sell the videos and then say, yeah, you need yeah. videos for social media, but do you also need this website on the side? Whereas mm-hmm. I think websites are tough because what business do you know right now that doesn't have a website? I've, I'm sure you can get people to switch over like, Hey, come to me for your website. But I feel like that's harder than introducing a new product that people aren't using. Maybe someone's not using ads. Maybe someone's not using videos or photos that's easier because mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, you're not doing this. This is why you should, where it's a website. It's mm-hmm. like, nah, you have a website. It fucking sucks. Come over to me. <laughs> yeah. They're really complimentary. So I, I was thinking that you were going to say like plumbing or something like that. We always, <laughs> I don't, we always say plumbing for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. That's always our but, go-to example. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I do think Facebook ads and videography, they can be tied together because then you're creating like the creative for the Facebook ads or even the Google ads. I I do see the disconnection slightly with the website as well. I think you can create, fuck, I think you can. (laughs) (laughs) If you're watching the video, my light just went out. But yeah, yeah. so. But no, I, and I mean, I'm not saying websites and videos are too far off. Like obviously you can sell those services together, um, but it doesn't have like that one-to-one bond. I think it's almost like it's not super forced, but it feels like, ah, do they really, 
Do they really mix? So yeah, I mean, and eventually if you know, if you're doing all those services, you just turn into a, a video agency, like what I've been doing now. And I had in the call this morning with all of these high achievers that are doing 20, 30, 40, $50,000 in their video companies is they were talking about, or the question I asked was a lot of these discovery calls I'm having with clients. It's awesome. I can sell them a good video, but they're asking me about the ad side of things. I don't do the ad side. I don't do the landing pages. So it's like, what do I do there? Do I partner with somebody that does it or do I bring it on as my own service? So I think if you do have those skills and you can eventually become an agency, that's really, mm-hmm. that's where all the, that's where all the bread is made. That's where it's stacked. Yeah. I think, I think it's just starting out small, being, being the best at that and then slowly branching out. So yeah, yeah, I think that's just what I might have to do in the future. Or there start you go. Now. Hey, and I'd start. I'd start getting those clients now, man. Start that business, get some. So then you don't have to cut it off cold turkey with the job, and maybe you can start getting at least that portfolio rocking. Yeah, because if you go in cold turkey, no clients at all, that first month or two might be freaking difficult. But if you can get that first month or two out of the way while you're actually still working the full time gig, it might be a little mm-hmm. bit easier of a learning curve. Yeah, slowly build up some side income, and then get the ball rolling once yeah. we get going. And honestly, it's I think it's less about the income and more about the social proof and the credibility for when you do go off on your own because that's the main thing that I struggled with in the beginning was I didn't have anything to show anybody. I didn't have anything yeah. to tell anybody because I can pull stats from the internet, but I can't just convince someone be like, I'm the greatest videographer ever. It's like, we haven't done anything. Yeah. It's like, nah, I know I'm right. You caught me. So I think having that portfolio <laughs> on the side, the extra side money is good, but that's the main thing. The other mm-hmm. fear that I kind of have that's on my list this is probably the last one I want to talk about is the fear of sales. And the one thing I've learned in the past three months is to get over that fear because this program is super sales driven. And before I would never want to call anybody. I never wanted to follow up with anybody because I just figured they didn't want my services. Or if I reached out and said, Hey, can I sell you this? And they don't answer. It's like, Oh, they must not want it where you never know what someone's doing. Maybe they read your email and they're picking their kid up from school and then they forget about it. Or maybe they read your Instagram message, but then they get a phone call and they answer the phone call. And right after that, they just forget to look at the Instagram message and it's open. So I think the key is in the follow-up and actually not being afraid that you're bothering people because that's what I thought in the beginning. I thought I was just bothering people and smothering the shit out of them. And then eventually I found out people don't really care because after two, three follow-ups, they're either going to tell you, Hey, uh, we're not doing this project anymore. Or, oh yeah, we've been meaning to get to that. Let's talk on whatever day. So that's the one fear that I've had to overcome that I think I'm working at here in the first three months of 2023. Yeah. I feel like you're doing a good job. You're obviously selling a lot more, which is good. And I think sales is one of the best skills that you can have because communication, selling, if you can't sell, yeah, don't really have much of a business. So. I thought it was such a stereotypical, like cold caller, like Grant Cardone, you have to make 250 calls a day type deal. And then I went into it and I realized it's not, you're not tricking these people into buying from you. You're selling them a product that you believe in. It's going to help their business and you really just have to show them. So it's not really selling them. It's almost just like showing them because I know like, Hey, if I set up this video for you and we put it on this landing page and then drive ads to it, like we're going to get traffic to the page. Like I can almost confirm that. I just need to show them that that's the case. 
And once I switched my mindset from the fear of sales and I'm super scared to sell people to, hey, I'm just showing these people I can help them. Like I'm trying to better their business as much as possible. That's really when the game kind of changed. Yeah, I think that's a good mindset shift is just how you're providing value and just having the belief in your product or service. And I think the other thing that I'm trying to get over with that is the section I just went through was on objections and how to get over those objections. Whereas previously, and we've talked about this before, and I think maybe this is something you could potentially work on too, is instead of taking a backseat to people's objections, try to figure out the root reason of why they're giving you that objection and see if you can get past it. Because Mm -hmm. for example, the client we talked about that said, Hey, we want to start these videos in June instead of in February when I talked to him, really what I should have done is ask them like, okay, well, we talked about in the previous call that you want to reach your goals in the next six months, six to 12 months. Do you think it's going to be harder to reach those goals if we start six months down the road? And they probably said, well, yeah, it's going to be harder to hit $1.5 million in revenue if we wait six months. So then that's getting over that objection of, okay, well, we better start now. If If those goals are really that important for you to hit, then don't you think it's beneficial if we start now? So really, that's one thing that I've that I've had to work on too is overcoming objections. And they're not really objections. Like if if you truly believe in your service, those objections shouldn't mean anything if you know it's going to get them results. That was a lot yeah. of words. I, I, I know Alex really breaks it down really well. I feel like I might have shared the episode with you, but just how he breaks it down and the objections, it, he just does it so seamlessly and effortlessly. Like how easily and how many reps he's done. He, he, he's, he's something else. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what it really comes down to reps. Like the more times you hear people saying like, Hey, we want to, we want to wait until later. It's like, okay, well, you're going to hear that a lot. You're going to eventually start to get your wording down perfectly. That's going to get him to be like, ah, yeah, I do want to hit my goals now. So why don't we just start now? Or, Hey, you know, I have to talk to somebody about it. It's like, well, you told me earlier that you were the only decision maker. Like, what are you going to talk to that person about? And if they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I just want to just kind of think about things and see what their input is. And then you say, well, mm-hmm. if that person tells you not to do it, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Are you not going to do it? And if they say, well, no, I try to convince them that we should do it. Then you say, well, why don't you just do it? And then tell them why you did it. Explain <laughs> to them why you went with the decision. So it's things ask like for that. Forgiveness. Yeah, exactly. Do first and then ask for forgiveness later, but it is overcoming those fears and it does come with repetition. Yeah. Uh, we kind of talked about some tips and practices for overcoming some fears. Um, again, write down those fears. You, you don't really know what they are or be able to truly digest and understand them until you do either verbalize them or write them down or whatever it helps to get it out there into the, into the world. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Sorry. My (laughs) iPad is like frozen. Uh, number two, uh, don't procrastinate. So again, this goes back to taking those steps. What's the one step you can do today? Don't push it off till next week. If you're like, I'm super financially insecure. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make enough money to do this. It's like, okay, don't wait till next week to reach out to clients. Do it literally right now. Start implementing a sales routine to get clients. Or if you think, man, I'm really sick of being single. It's like, okay, we'll start talking to girls. Don't like, don't wait till next week. You got to you gotta start doing those things right now. Don't procrastinate the steps that are actually going to get you past these fears. Yeah, and it's getting outside of your comfort zone and expanding it. The more you get, get outside of your comfort zone, the bigger that it gets. And then all of a sudden, your comfort zone went from this big to that big. And now something that used to be uncomfortable is now comfortable for you. And it's just constantly expanding that. 
Yeah. It's crazy going through business. Like when I was in the beginning business, man, I didn't want to try new things. I didn't really want to implement new strategies because I was so scared of everything. And now that we're at this stage, it's like, dude, we're just, we're just trying new shit. If people think it's whack, whatever, we're going to do it. Something's <laughs> going to stick. So it's kind of exciting when you do get to that point where it's like, Hey, we're just going to try to expand and become more comfortable with everything. And I think it goes with even talking about different business principles. The more podcast episodes we do about this, the more we even learn just by verbal verbalizing it to each other, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think it's beneficial for several different reasons for us. So yeah, I'm kind of happy that we did start this podcast. Yeah. Even if you guys are uh, done listening to it or you five people that keep listening to every show, actually, we're kind of getting some numbers on YouTube now. Yeah, we are surprisingly. And I'm kind of happy about that. Hey, shout out. We're we're still like, uh, I think we're about half. We're just over halfway through. No, are we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. No. Halfway through the year. Yeah. We're just over halfway. Yeah. Couple, a couple episodes passed. Hey, shout out YouTube yeah. gang. You guys are hanging in there. We love that shit. And they get a look at our pretty faces. And speaking of faces, I have no facial hair. I uh, decided to shave last night. Impulsively, I'll never do it again. It's crazy how much different someone looks when they don't have any facial hair. No, oh, I know. I woke up this morning, looked in the mirror. I was like, who are you? I'd be so interested to see like Ed Milet, Alex Ramosi, or fuck, what's that? Uh, that juice head that eats testicles. Oh, uh, um, uh, liver, liver king. king. Yeah. Be, man, if they all just shaved, they would look so much different. It's crazy how much a beard does. What's that juice head that eats testicles? <laughs> I feel like you knew who I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, just spitting image. Like I'd, if he had a Merriam-Webster <laughs> dictionary definition, that would be it. Uh, all right, last cool. one. Uh, I think this is probably the most important one. Start changing that mindset. You really have to mentally dig deep and figure out these fears are not really fears. It's just something that's you have to hurdle over. Okay. You just have to get over that. You got to change your mindset that again, this is my ally. This isn't an enemy. And then you're off to the races. I, I don't think it's not saying that it's not a fear. I think it's acknowledging the fear, like you said earlier. And then at the same time, it's changing the mindset from what could go wrong to what could go right. Yeah. Because at the same time, whenever you think whatever could go wrong, probably majority 90, 95% of the time, it's not going to happen. So it's throw that out and think what could happen if you did take the chance. There's a famous saying, I don't know who said it, but whether you think you're right or you think you're wrong, you're correct. And I've always, that's always stuck with me. So whatever you tell yourself, you know, if you tell yourself I'm going to have a successful business, you're right. You got to work at it. But if you say I'm not going to have a successful business, you're probably right. You probably won't have one. So that goes uh, hand in hand with this hand in hand with this too. If you use the same framework for it, that, you know, whether you think you're right or wrong, you're right. You're correct. Whatever it is. Yeah, you're stealing my quote at the end of the episode. Oh, it did, shit. It did just, it, no, I'm just playing. It just reminded me. It just reminded me that. There you go. Well, while you dig for that quote, Tyler, uh, I'm going to throw this business idea over to you. Are you ready for me to throw it over to you? <laughs> ready. Born ready. All right. Perfect. Tyler, <laughs> hop into this week's business episode or bu- not business episode. Hop into this week's business <laughs> idea, topic, whatever. You get the gist. All right. If you guys listen to the show, you know what's coming. It's Tyler's week, so it's going to be something good. It's not going to be something ridiculously stupid like mine. <laughs> I got go, I got another stupid one for next week, by the way. Perfect. I, I love I love when you have ideas and I don't have to hop in for you. Oh, I just had an idea the other day. I crap. I gotta write it write stuff down when it comes up. But yeah. 
this week's idea, it came from a book that I was reading and I thought it was a good idea. And it was such a good idea that I ended up listening to one of Andy's Frisella Real AF episodes. And the guy basically has this business already set up. <laughs> so that's how good of an idea it was. Yeah. But it was, bas- it was basically him just talking about us as humans and how much we've adapted over time and that we don't really go out. We're always in our comfort zone. We're sitting at home watching Netflix and we're, we're, our bodies are somewhat deteriorating where before in the past we would have to go out and hunt for food. We would catch like these 100-pound, 200-pound-plus animals. Then we would have to log, lug them back to our campsite wherever we were staying. So it was like building our muscles up because we have to carry the stuff around. So it was trying to come up with like a more natural type of workout where you're going out in the wilderness and you're just like running over shit and you got like weighted vests on and you're just doing fucking crazy shit (laughs) where just out in the wilderness. And it was also funny because he talked about, say you're going to the gym and the gym is on the second or third floor. And then you see people either taking the escalator or elevator up to the gym. It's like, The gym is kind of like a 30-minute exercise that you go there and then you go home and you don't do anything else. It's like, start taking the stairs. Don't be lazy. Take the fucking stairs. And that was that's something that I always always do. Like when I was back at school in college in my dorm, I was on the fifth floor. I'd say about 95% of the time I would take the stairs. Five floors. Yeah. It's only five floors. It's like... Everyone's just lazy and they just go for convenience. It's like five floors. Like you're going to the gym and you're taking the elevator to go up a floor. It's like, wh- yeah. what's the point of going to just the gym? You, like, just get so, your gym started early. Walk up them steps. Yeah. Yeah. It's a warm up. So it was just kind of thinking of an idea of around more natural where you got like weighted vests on or weighted ankle shit. And it's just building up your whole overall body mass. And you're just more so out in public, out in the wilderness, doing whatever, where Maybe you're jumping over trees, climbing trees, doing pull-ups. I don't know. It's just it's just being around other things and just being up because out, being outside is good for you. So it's like it's a different take on going to the gym. And what this guy created was I think it's called like rucking, okay. and that's basically the concept of you have like a forty pound. I don't think it's a vest, but it's like stuff that you're carrying. It's like 40, 50 pounds. And then you're just going outside, going for a walk or hike or whatever it is. So it's a little bit different than just going on your standard walk or hike. And I was thinking about if I ever did go back to say 75 harder doing walks, I would throw in my weighted vest just because like something different, because I don't really classify walks as workouts. I don't know. It's just too easy for me. So I was like, throw on the weighted vest and it was just, yeah, come up with this more natural type of workout. That almost gets me to thinking that you could do some sort of an everyday like weighted vest. So if it was like something I could strap on every day and just if I let's say, you know, I was going through my work day in the office and I wasn't mm-hmm. doing any shoots or anything, or maybe I am doing a shoot. Screw it. Let's throw in a shoot. And you're wearing this 10 pound vest that you have to wear the whole day and it's almost like a shirt. And then you throw your shirt over top of it. Yeah, you're going to look a little bit chunkier during the day when you're meeting with people. But if you're, you know shooting videos and you got this weighted vest on and then you're going to the office, you're unloading your van, you got this weighted vest on. There's going to be a lot more that you're, that you're burning rather than just, you know, doing it with no vest on. You should do it one day. 
I'm gonna. I was just thinking I'm gonna order a weighted vest after this and just sit around like because there's a lot of times I have phone calls. I'm a pacer. I can't sit still at my oh, desk yeah. when I'm on the phone. So I walk around. Yeah. I walk around the studio just walking back and yeah. forth. And I'm also going to order one of those walking things for under my desk. Have you seen them? Oh, the walking. Just the treadmills uh, that are flat. Treadmills, yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm going to start doing that and trying to get like, I don't know what's a good number of steps, but I think I'm lacking on my steps. So if I get like 15,000, 20,000 steps a day. I think people say get a minimum of 10,000. I think I, I, I slack with my steps as well. I, I usually get close if I go for a run, but if I don't go for a run, man, I a hundred thousand percent do not get 10,000 steps a day. No way in hell. Maybe 3,000. Yeah. I don't leave. Yeah. Everything I do is at my house. Same here. <laughs> Same here. It sucks because I think I consistently get, I'm at 4,500 today and I don't anticipate walking more than 500 steps. So yeah, probably going to be around five. Yeah. So no, I like the business idea. Tyler, anything else about uh, overcoming fears? Just face them head on. Head on, baby. I'm talking to myself at the same time. Yeah. Fucking do it, you bitch. Yeah. Give those fears head. <laughs> I mean, give those. I don't know what else. That's episode 29 of the Midnight Entrepreneur. <laughs> if you have any questions you'd like us to cover or answer, you can email us at the Midnight Entrepreneur at gmail.com. If you found value in this content or found this entertaining, share this with a friend or post it on your story. If you really enjoyed the show, we'd love a rating and review on wherever you're listening. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of the Midnight Entrepreneur. Too many of us are not living our dreams because we are living our fears. Les Brown. Love it. Love a good fear quote to end the show. <laughs>